You hear that crinkle, listeners? And that tear? That's the sound of me biting into a delicious dark chocolate and coconut mounds bar. It's a top 10 candy. Top 10 candy. When you're looking for dark chocolate and coconut, look no further than mounds. TKW, sponsored by Mounds. Yeah, I should note that's not a paid promotion that's put in there entirely to piss off our editor. Um, Not paid yet. (laughs) Shout out, Ryan. Anyway, welcome everyone to the TKW podcast. Uh, We are your hosts. I'm Anthony Corbo. And I'm Kyle Maggio. And lots to talk about today. Yeah, it was Uh, quite the eventful week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot, a lot went down today. But let's start off with uh, let's talk about the game from this week. Uh, we had a win. Played the Bulls, took them out. It was fun. That was it a good was game. fun. It's good. I, uh, you know, I, I saw a couple of things I liked in it. Uh, KP moving around, uh, definitely running, getting to the top of the key, cutting in, cutting out. He. Uh, you know, game hot. What did he finish with? 25, 27 that game, something like that. Um, so, yeah, he's moving around. Uh, lots of Rose driving kicks. Yeah, it was a lot of a lot of driving kicks. And it, it this is what bothered me. It was like, it, it seemed like he was hunting for driving kicks. Or, oh. or like, it seemed like he was hunting to, like, I, I don't want to call it, like, the Rondo assist. But it seemed like he was really, like, but that's the name for it. The issue. Yeah. Hunting for an assist is a Rondo assist. They, that's yeah, but, but Rondo legacy. does it in like this in like this pound the rock for twenty four seconds while pretending to scan the field but not really scanning anything until somebody just so happens to open up for a layup. But mm-hmm. but Rose he he was really getting into the paint. He was getting right to the basket and then really looking to kick out almost every time. And there were some bad passes from those kickouts that didn't happen to be turnovers, but largely it paid off. And largely, even if they were turnovers, that's what we're looking for. So that's not really the worst thing either. Yeah, not really the worst. I mean, you know, moving around, it's looking good. Um, I I, I was satisfied with uh, with it. At least he's putting in the effort. He had 10 assists going into that game, walked out with 21. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain there. It's stat stuffing for sure, but... At least it's kind of showing some kind of continuity, and it ended up in a win. So it's an emotional game, but at least, uh, at least uh, we came out with it. It's not something I'm expecting to say too much lately. Um, yeah. I guess. I guess the thing is with the Chicago game, I think all of us are a little bit on edge. We didn't want to be duped by yeah. this by this uh, newfound pass first Derrick Rose, and we saw it a little bit again in the Jazz game, which we'll really dig into that in a, in a minute. But the Bulls game was fun because KP seemed to like not miss which was fun I mean the last couple of games he just hasn't really met he's been really really efficient I mean in the Chicago game he was 10 of 15 and four of seven from three so he's shooting really yeah well from deep I mean he's getting his looks towards the paint right now too um so again like we didn't really want to be fooled but like that was kind of the big thing that we've been griping about is Rose needs to drive and kick, and then he drove and kicked, and that he needs to be kicking up to KP, and he was kicking to KP. Yeah, it's KP. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of two things that shut me up immediately. So, I mean, I can't really not be happy with it. I was pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is looking for consistency. You know, I can't expect Derrick Rose to average 11 assists a game. Um, I'm not expecting him to find KP on every every um, every basket. Not that he should have to, but... I also saw a couple of good looks that they were missing in the Utah game. So old habits are going to die hard, but as long as I'm seeing some production in the meantime, I'm all right with it. Now, let me just double check here. But I know Justin Holiday. Well, no, the, the Bulls game he re, no Utah he played pretty decent against. Um, we saw a little bit of uh, Endor in the Chicago game too. Yep, he came totally in for about six or seven minutes. That wasn't bad. Um, yet again, Courtney Lee, the standard model of consistency. Yeah, uh, doing more than expected. Yeah, I think it's, again, 17 points in this game on 8 of 10 shooting, just 
literally making the most out of his opportunities. He's not going to yeah. shoot 80% for the season, but, you know. But he's good because he's one of those guys that's going to heat up early. Yeah, he he really, in, in both games, I think it was, he really likes getting his points uh, at the beginning of the game. And that's what's kind of been showing, too, is that the Knicks are getting off to some pretty good um, first halves. I mean, we've been ending most games with over 100 points. So, you know, the pace is showing. They're putting up points. It's largely um, the third quarter, you know, third quarter of doom, as, like, Alan Hahn puts it. But people just, they, they just fall apart in that quarter. They, everything kind of goes away defensively. Everything they carry into the locker room looks good. And it's kind of what happened in the Utah game. Um, good, good first half, I thought. A little bit of frustrations here and there, but pretty good first half that got completely destroyed as soon as they came out of the locker room. Now, here's one thing that I noticed, right? So, probably outside of the the Grizzlies game, obviously the Bulls game being the only other one is the best game that we've had in a very short season so far. But one thing that stood out to me was, if you notice in the Bulls game, Joakim Noah played 34 minutes. Yeah. Joakim Noah before then was only playing 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Joakim Noah on Sunday played 20 minutes again right so and Joakim Noah um as much as he probably should have proved himself in Chicago and been warranted some minutes he did get into some foul trouble um but I agree with you respectable still a respectable showing despite getting into that foul trouble too you know he put up a I think he had 16 16 against uh Chicago with nine boards four assists now I'm not saying that's gonna happen every game this was kind of a prover game like you're saying but right the fact of the matter is 34 is kind of what we're going to see him play. We're going to see high 20s to low 30s. So this is sort of what I'd hope to be time-wise a standard Joakim game. Yeah, my, I, I agree with uh, – I probably think 34 is pushing it a little bit. But, but high uh, 20s. High 20s yeah. I'd be – About 30, I think 30 a, 28 to 30, something like that, yeah. Because 34 minutes a game I wouldn't – I just – I wouldn't push him that far right away. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. The model Joakim area, uh, how long we can expect to see him out there for. I think he's going to be an X factor this season. Yeah, and hey, look, my, my whole point is he's not going to play 20 minutes the rest of the season. And we're, what, one in four now in games where he only plays 20 minutes or less. So, obviously, this is a microscopic sample size. But the, the fact of the matter is, if he really is healthy and... He can give us 30 good minutes a night. The guy we saw in Chicago needs to be the guy that's going to turn this team into at least a playoff team. You know, I mean, that's like you're saying, that's definitely the X factor. Yeah, he's an X factor to a playoff team. He's not going to be um, he's not the one that's going to be taking us over the top. He's not, you know, he's not a superstar anymore. Actually, uh, I mean, we'll talk about it again in a little bit, but. Um, he had a dramatic drop in his NBA rank, his ESPN uh, uh, NBA rank. But he, yeah, he's going to be the kind of stability, which is what we've been talking about for the last couple of episodes since we've gotten this thing started. He is the stability that they're going to need if they want to become at least a playoff team. It's going to come from Noah. It's going to come from Lee. It's going to come from uh, their defensive showings. And, you know, what they can give us an offense is what they can give us an offense, but they are not the X factors there. They're looking at Melo, we're looking at you know, uh, looking at Porzingis, we're looking at Rose, looking at uh, some of the role players who have to be able to play their spots. But the solid defensive unit of Courtney Lee, Joakim Noah, and Lance Thomas, if he can keep his uh, his game up and if he kind of wins some trust back, but those three together, they provide. A good enough unit, I think, for a playoff caliber defense. No, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree, especially because if we really are shooting for the playoffs, which somehow this team is modeled to to try to fight for a bottom seat here, we need to have that defensive lineup in place. We need to have something that's going to really be able to to manage and get us through once things get a little bit more difficult come playoff time and seeing as if we do somehow get into the playoffs it's going to be some sort of lopsided matchup against the Cavs or the Raptors I mean yeah, that's maybe kind of the best I kind of I can scenario. see depending on how it goes along I mean we're looking at some teams like um 
you know, depending on Indiana and Washington and, uh, you know, those cuss teams, depending on how well they play. I think the Knicks could shoot for maybe the sixth seed, uh, which would probably give us a little bit bigger, a little bit of a more favorable matchup and at least show a couple of, you know, maybe win a couple of playoff games. Probably, I don't think anyone's really thinking Easter Conference final for the New York Knicks. But, you know, a couple of wins might not be so bad to keep this train moving. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to take a lot of guys staying on the court and gelling well together. Um, and, like, you know, I still got my 30-game prediction going. I think that's that's really what it's going to take. And we'll kind of see. We'll kind of see where it goes after around Christmas time. See what this team's really made of, and then there'll be a whole another set of discussions to come around for around the trade deadline. I mean, what what I think we saw from the last two games is more of what we're going to see for the rest of the year because I really and I hate being that guy who kind of looks back in hindsight and well, if this happened, you know, then things would have broke this way. But I, I think that had we gotten twenty five to thirty minutes of Joakim against the Jazz, I I think maybe we could have gotten a couple more stops because there was a lot of really kind of simple lapses that happened in that fourth quarter. I mean, these these weren't like, outside of Gordon Hayward getting to the line pretty frequently uh, in that second half, we kind of got eaten alive down low. I mean, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert were just kind of doing whatever they wanted down there. Yeah, poor Chris Dobbs. He's getting spread. He got spread a little bit too thin. Just, Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, when we needed a stop, if if we have a healthy Joakim Noah and we have one that looked sort of like that Chicago game, like I'm saying, if he's 75 to 80% of what he used to be, that's enough to actually solid make a little enough. bit of noise. It's solid enough. And I think we could have gotten a couple stops because that ended up being a pretty close game. It was a five-point game in the end yeah. after they stretched the lead a little bit. But had we had Joakim, I think maybe we could have gotten a couple of stops. I think – you know, we could be looking at the last couple of games a little bit more favorably. But the last two games, the takeaway I have is emphasis is going to KP, which is great. We need that. Absolutely need that. Um, Mellow's played well despite forcing the issue a little bit, but accurate Mellow is... He's been cooking. I, I thought cooking. he was really... I thought he's really been tuning well against... Um... Against Chicago, I saw him playing well. Against Utah, I saw him playing well. The thing is, he's really embracing his old man, Mello. You know, the whole team, especially I like him in the Hornacek sets. I like seeing um, I like seeing him moving. I like seeing the team move around him. And then when he gets the ball, he goes into his ISO. And yet he ball stops a little bit, but he gets into his little triple threat motion. It still fits into the game plan. And I think it's really done well for his confidence and the team's confidence. He's playing well. I like him in the system. And I don't know if this whole um, Phil Jackson wanting more triangle story is bullshit or not, but um, but I think I've been kind of I'm pretty high on, on Hornacek's off- offense. I, there, it's a little bit of struggle um, under pressure and when the they can't make it happen really quickly and they have to revert to triangle sets or they get caught with the ball with like five seconds left on the clock and Rose is just kind of throwing it to Porzingis to try to throw up which I saw a couple of times in Utah. Um, but other than that, I'm very pleased at the moment with the offense. Well, because we've, we've seen everything he's wanted to do in Phoenix, we've started to see. Even like that two-guard lineup, he started using yeah. that with uh, Rose and Jennings now. And while we may not like having two moderately inefficient guys out there, it still is the lineup that Hornacek's been successful with. So, I mean, we kind of have to roll with that. And he's also allowed Rose to really push the ball up the court as fast as, I mean, the Chicago game on the fast breaks, he was money. Absolute money. I mean, I know that was kind of a show of game too, but he was pushing, pushing, pushing. I mean, he blew some bunnies in this Utah game, but that's still kind of what's going to make us successful. The last couple of years, we've been missing that. We've been missing a guy who could get mm-hmm. to the rim and a guy who could push it on the break. So even if he's just forcing the issue, that's still a positive over the last couple of years. And we can whine about the inefficiencies all we want, but at the same time, and, and I will whine about the inefficiencies. But, <laughs> you um, will. But um, this is what we've been missing too. So it's like we finally get it. Now we're starting to see some of the benefits to it. And even a couple, there was a couple moments like uh, Rose got the ball up the court and he couldn't you know, really finish the layup like he wanted to. He'd pull out and then KP comes strolling down the floor. 
you hit him right in stride, he gets to the basket, and he's either finishing or he got fouled and he got to the line. Yeah. And that's these are quick, easy ways to get points. And that Yeah, I agree. I agree. Quick, easy ways to make points is exactly what the Knicks have been uh missing the last couple of years. Especially with trying to run this these triangle sets so uh you know, so directly and just so um in line with what Phil is envisioning. They've been losing the quick and easy ways to get buckets in transition, um, getting to the line, things like that. And a guy like Rose, it does bring that to the team, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think that I'm you know, seeing it now. Nick's, this whole story with, the, uh, with Phil wanting more triangle, Knicks are ranked 13th in offensive efficiency. Um, that's not great, but it's tied with Portland. Uh, and people, you know, people are so hot. I'm so hot on Portland. I think that they kind of have it figured out. Having super high offensive efficiency doesn't mean doesn't guarantee you anything. It's our defense that's really been killing us lately. Um, I, I mean, some of the arguments that I was I was reading about today on that was that the triangle isn't so much just an offensive philosophy as it is a full court philosophy in that it balances out the floor a little bit like the types of looks and the positioning of the players it allows for you to be able to get back on defense or you know set your defense up a little bit quicker as opposed to you running the ball up the court and then you got guys gassed or whatever I mean the sort of excuse makers here trying to say but the bottom line is I mean they haven't been good not because of their offense they haven't been good because it seems like lazy defense. This is sort of right. lackadaisical stuff that they should be hitting in the preseason, hitting in training camp. This is simple communication stuff. You've got to let somebody know if you're going to switch, if you got a guy running baseline, where to watch for the cutter. These are simple things. Like um, I think Derek Favors just kept getting position on the block, and then I, I don't know where the miscommunication was, but I don't know how many times I saw him spin off of one defender for an easy layup. There was no help defense, no rotations, right. nothing. I mean, and that's going to come with learning your stats. And but the the problem with all that is that if we can't establish, I mean, now we have Kurt Rambis running the defense. And I know that's not <laughs> anything that anybody here wants to hear. But that's uh, uh, you know, just fun fact: his Minnesota teams ranked uh, the two full seasons he was there. They ranked twenty seventh and twenty eighth. Twenty seventh and twenty eighth. And uh, that's and yay, let's celebrate. We we have a new leader of the free world, and his name is Kurt Rambis, because um, he's going to be the one to really to restore all these woes. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the team offensive efficiency at 104, um, and the defensive efficiency is 110. So per 100 possessions, the Knicks are being outscored by six points here. It's 110.9, so we'll even call that 111. So seven points. But interestingly enough, the starters, the uh, you know Noah Lee, um, Rhodes, Kristaps, and Mello, have an offensive rating of one hundred twelve point five, and defensive rating of one hundred seven point one. So they're actually oh. they're sa- actually staying more efficient. So it's got to fall on the bench. Um, the the bench has been awful. Well, the bench has the been bench awful, has been yeah. awful. We've had like one and a half good Brandon Jennings games. Justin Holiday's <laughs> been Justin Holiday's been like okay-ish. Lance still hasn't can't find a shot. Nope. And to, to make matters worse, there's Kyle fucking O'Quinn. Okay, it's too early for that. It's too hey, early we'll, for that. Back, we'll get, back we'll off. Get there. Hold, we'll, we'll hold get it there. back. We'll get there. Um, but talking about the bench, the problem I think going to the bench, and I don't necessarily mean to, mean to blame the bench so much, but. When you're looking at these guys who the only real person who's coming back or the only two people who are really coming back from last year off the bench are the aforementioned Kylo Quinn and Lance Thomas. So these are two guys who um, and even them, like I know Rambus was the coach last year, but I don't know how much of the defense Rambus was running. And I don't know how much of that he's keeping uh, this year under Hornacek. So. You know, when you're looking at guys who aren't expected to be star players and aren't entirely gelling so far, I'm not entirely expecting a super high or maybe even efficient defensive rating. But, you know, when you're you're looking that bad, I mean, you're down when the starters are able to actually keep it above ground and um, there's still this much of a differential there. There's got to be 
they got there's got to be room to improve. It falls into my thirty game prediction, but there's got to be room to improve. All right, but real quick, here's a little. Uh, we'll play a little fun fact here. All right, answer this correctly if you can. All right. Last two games, yeah. Over or under, has the Knicks bench as a whole scored over or under twenty points combined? Uh, so okay, hold on, hold on. We're talking twenty each points game, each game, each twenty game. points, or in total twenty points. Each game, did they score more than twenty points? The whole bench. Not, I don't think in each game. If you would have told me in Utah, maybe Chicago, no way. Neither I, one. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say no. Fuck it. There's no way. Neither one. I'm actually. You know what? I'm sorry. The Utah Utah one. I did my math wrong. It's twenty one. Oh, but oh, okay. Twenty one. Dissuade me. Twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. And in Chicago it was I think seventeen. Six, yeah, that was sixteen, 16 17. Yeah. Okay. That is horrifying. Yeah. That is horrifying. I mean, there's nothing there. You could have taken the whole Knicks wall staff, and we could have put <laughs> up fifteen combined points. We could have had a couple of jump shots, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You would have. You probably would have balled out. You got a pretty good uh, routine going. You you could have. Yeah, you could have. I, I, I would have for sure had three to four points for yeah. sure. That's it's, and that'd be enough. And you would certainly be coming off the bench, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so talking, um, just talking about the bench real quick. There was a chemistry going for a little bit because something I've been calling for finally kind of happened against Utah. Uh, we had. Kuz. We had Kuzminskis coming off the bench and uh, saw something that really kind of warmed my heart a little bit. Um, just a good little connection he was making with Justin Holiday. And I swear to God, I had a flashback to 2012 and it looked like JR and uh, Big Steve Novak uh, just all over again. And I'm really hoping, I'm really, really hoping that that kind of becomes the case. If they can develop a little bit of one two chemistry together, then that might be all it takes to really get the bench unit moving again it kind of comes at the defense of lance thomas but right now that might not be such a bad thing no i mean i i liked how cool i mean he only had five points but that he took five shots yeah and i liked the shots that he got these were yeah nice well that's that's all that's what, that's what i mean to say it does i'm not expecting them to hit yet right now i'm just looking for some chemistry to start getting built and I mean, it actually, yeah, but I agree. I mean, it actually looked like he fit out there. He was moving to spots where he seemed to know he was going to be open. He was getting the looks that he wanted. I didn't see any uh, see him put up anything that was forced. These were He only played seven minutes, but in those seven minutes, he got five easy open shots that he can make. I think one of them was yeah. a three, and then the other one was just a, a regular jumper. But, um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was nice. And I, I just... I want so much out of Brandon Jennings. I do. Yeah, we I, all I know. do. And I think we all – I talked about this right before the season started. I think everyone kind of agreed. Like we all had to like temper our expectations a little bit. <laughs> but like he, he's an easy guy to root for. You want him to do well, especially he when he comes finger in. finger guns around in the preseason. It was he, awesome. He, you always root for a guy who does finger guns, always. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an unspoken rule. And it's it sucks. I mean – He's only 15 minutes. This is the last game. 15 minutes, five points, two assists, a rebound, a couple steals. I mean, he just wasn't, it yeah. wasn't much there. Well, I mean, you can look at that in a couple of different ways. Um, it, it all depends on how efficient he's going to be. Um, you know, he's obviously coming off the bench, which he's been doing a little bit lately, but it's not something he's entirely used to yet throughout his career. I mean, he, he, was, he was a good player when he came into the league. He was he was a starting point guard, and you know maybe he's still that, but maybe he's still adjusting to his new role a little bit. And when he does get into the game with the starters, and when Hornacek does a two guard lineup like that, that's totally new territory to him. I mean, that's you know playing off the ball. I listen. I have Brandon Jennings on my fantasy team, and he's not even listed as a shooting guard. So using him a little bit um, unorthodox like that is going to take some time for him to get used to. I want it to happen. Um, I don't necessarily know if it will. I, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm entirely optimistic, but he's. He'll, I'm hoping he'll be something. I'm hoping he'll be a real contributor. Thirty no, games, I, man. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a little ways to go, but we play like thirty games. 
That's some Kanye for you, Kyle. Uh, no, thank you. Forever, no, thank you. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's let you off the leash. Let's go. Uh, let's jump into some Kyle on Kyle. You know what? I, I'm, I'm much less angry, but I just I'm just getting nothing out of him. I'm just getting yeah. nothing. I mean, yeah, he's just there was just blatant lapses again. I retweeted, and I think I, I saved a little video. And I wish I wish in the future we can. Uh, like upload this video chat and then I could like put in the, the actual clip so that viewers can watch here. But there, there's so an actual podcast improvements coming soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Periscope? Be, because, because there's this little video of him. It's like a 35, 45 second clip and he's just getting burned for the, the entirety of it. He like, he misses Aww. a bunny. He misses a bunny. He gets boxed out and then he, and then he comes down, he comes down the other end of the court just no awareness. His man comes running off uh, down the baseline, scores an easy layup. He's just totally oblivious. And it was like every bad thing that I that I despise about Kyle O'Quinn in like it was perfectly captured in that one thirty second clip. I mean, just just pay attention. I'm not even asking you to be good anymore. Just just pay attention to what's going on around you. Literally, just look, just look. But but a couple of you, different directions. Did you see how happy he was when he dunked on Sunday? He held you know, on the rim for like eight seconds. Um, yeah, he I mean, the- he just, he, the thing, Kyle O'Quinn, the most perfect way I can uh, describe Kyle O'Quinn is after, what, like three, four years in the league, he still looks like a guy who like got called at 11 o'clock in the morning by the Knicks and was like, hey, man, we just really need you to play this game today. And he's like, all right. And he gets into the game, and then he, like, junks like that. He hangs on the rim for, like, eight seconds. He looks around, makes sure everyone sees. Um, that's a, that basically, I think, is the kind of player that Kyle O'Quinn is. And that's you, why I'm really hopeful about Kyle O'Quinn, because miracles can happen. There no, may no, be a movie no, one not, day. It, it, it's not going to happen here. I mean, I've, I've been updating my Kyle's ranked list on Twitter. I mean, he is ranked <laughs> at, the, at the far – he's in the basement of this list. The, the problem with him is that, like you've talked about, Many times he does like one really fun highlight. Actually, you know what? There's two. I'm going to give him credit because there was not just that dunk. He had that nifty little behind the back pass in the lane. I think it was to brand to a cutting Brandon Jennings who then <laughs> who then passed it back out. But it was so perfectly timed. And then you take that pass and that dunk out of it, and you go, "That guy can play basketball." And it never translates <laughs> to the next game because it's think about think about it think about it. How high of a level of IQ or luck, whatever you want to call it, do you have to have to literally catch a pass? And within half of a second of catching the pass, you throw a behind your back pass. And now, mind you, there was a defender. He threw this pass around, too. So he throws this pass around his own back, the defender's back, hits Brandon Jennings in stride. So you would think this man has Steve Nashian levels of IQ to throw a pass like that. Yeah. Only to then blow every other defensive assignment the rest of the game. Have no... I mean, he was missing layups and bunnies. It's like, how can a guy be so bad and then show flashes of brilliance? It makes no sense. He's, uh, he's Glory Muscle Mac uh, for anyone who watches It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. All he does, he just works the glory muscles and then lets everything else go. It's, uh, yeah, it's just... I, I'm... God damn it, I'm an optimist till I die, but I'm just, like, still holding out hope that, like, Kylo Quinn's a character, man. Like, Kylo Quinn is, regardless of how, like, f- like flashy and then terrible he can be, that guy's a freaking character. Like, I love having him on the Knicks. I, I just, he's just cool personnel to have around. But, uh, and I'm still hoping out for some kind of a breakout this year. I'm not saying he's, he's uh, Hassan Whiteside, but... There's there's something there. I, I'm holding out for you, Kyle O'Quinn, not Maggio. I'm holding out for you, Kyle. He because... played. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. He played 12 minutes. He was one of four. Now, mind you, Kyle O'Quinn. Before I get to the next stat, is six nine. Okay, that is a big guy. He recorded one rebound. Aww. One single rebound in 12 minutes. 
and how one many block. blocks though? How many blocks? One. One block. Okay. Okay. That's it. Yeah. The, the, there was nothing else that happened in that stat sheet. I mean, except for one of four shooting. Look, I'm gonna love Kyle Quinn as much as I love Jerry Jeffries. You know, oh, you don't you don't feel dirty saying that. Um, I don't know. I I, I stopped worrying about all that a long time ago. Um, but it's I don't know. I still kind of get a little bit. He's what keeps me watching sometimes. You know, as as long as this team's gonna be terrible or like at least kind of middle of the pack, at least I can count on like a Kylo Quinn like highlight and blooper reel every single night. And yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I, enough I guess, to put me to sleep some nights. I would hope so because I don't know how else you'd get to sleep because he's just, oh, it, I don't. I just feel yucky thinking about him being good in the future. It's not going to happen. I'm not saying it's to be good. I just I can he can be replacement level at least, and or like even just like a hair below. I mean, that's probably his ceiling, but. Yeah, I don't know. His ceilings as a broadcaster, like as a podcaster, um, and it really on you for being a fellow podcaster as well. My man's going to get to broadcasting one day, and he's going to kill the game. I, I, I'm going to give him all support in the world. I think he'd be a fantastic broadcaster. I think he'd be. I think he he translate over to broadcasting at sort of an A Rodian <laughs> level because A Rod is a fan. He is a natural. He is a natural. It's just oh, A Rod's yeah, beautiful. I mean, music. it's yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, so, I think that's what okay, we gotta if, get. There. If Kylo Quinn is going to become A Rod, then who is going to be the Pete Rose to uh, to Kylo Quinn? Who's just going to shut down A Rod or Kylo Quinn every time he opens his mouth? Oh, it can't hopefully. be Barkley, and it can't be Charles Barkley. Hopefully, me, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like. Uh, like, like someone's maybe. gonna retire from this like class that's playing right now. Oh, like, no! Someone, someone else is gonna get into broadcasting and just be like Rashid the, uh, Wallace. You he's think already she- been, he's already been on NBA TV? Okay, him and uh, KG had that little yeah, yeah, 21, yeah, yeah, yeah. 21 lounge thing going, and and that was fun. And I think Kylo Quinn would fit in there solely to get dunked on. And she's just not gonna have it. She's just gonna be like. Ball and lie on everything. And she's going to be like in my 30s, like six games as a Nick, I outplayed you in all of the years that you spent in New York. But hey, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to end every Kylo, Kyle on Kyle segment with uh, a little bit of talk about how Kylo Quinn's going to become a broadcaster one day. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Here we go. New segment time. So maybe we'll do that. Um, new segment time. It's called My Guy. <laughs> Stone Cold MVP of the week. Who you got? This past, I mean, this past week, it's got to be. It's, I think it's got to be Chris Stapps. I think it's got to be Chris Stapps. I mean, he at the last two games, I think he went back to back with 27 point games. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, and mind you, he had foul trouble in both those games. He had to sit. He had to take a little bit of an extended seat on the bench, so I think these finally could have been like those thirty-point games that we've been dying to see. Well, that's kind of what I want to pull up so from uh, from Chris Herring here. He uh, he tweeted out during that Utah game, like right pretty early on. I think it might have been after like Chris Stapps' first or second foul, but he said uh, it's strange to me how KP never reaches thirty points, no matter how her, how early he gets going hot. Foul trouble, guys stop looking for him in the second half, things like that. Um, and then some people called for him to have 35, and it didn't happen. Is there anything there to that? Is he choking at some points? Is there other factors, or is it just kind of something that we're waiting to see? I don't know that he's choking. I, I really think it does have to do more with... I mean, with choking with 27 points isn't really choking, but... yeah. No, but I think, I think you know, Herring's kind of right on the money as kind of per the usual here. I think what ends up happening is usually... During a hot stretch like this, he ends up picking up a quick extra foul than he really, you know, he already generally has one or two early on. He picks up that third one quickly, takes a quick extended seat on the bench. By the time he comes back in, you know, maybe Rose is feeling it or Mello's in a flow. And that's sort of the trouble of sharing the floor with guys who are as talented as, as Mello is or as Rose thinks he is. And um, 
Yeah, I think they stopped looking for him, and I think that's kind of the the bigger issue. Because then I think it was the Chicago, was it the Chicago? No, the the Utah game. He had all those points in the first quarter. Him and Melo were cooking. They literally yep. couldn't miss. I think they missed like two shots combined. Yeah, it was, and it was, then I think he, I think Chris Stapps had fourteen at the end of that. Melo had ten, and then Chris Stapps like did not touch the ball until pretty much the end of the third quarter. Right, and then beginning of the fourth, uh, yeah, I think he started catching on with like ten nine minutes left. And then he was scoring again. And it's like, why are we not trying this sooner when you know he's not going to miss? I am just concerned about a little bit of foul trouble early on the season here. Um, I know he's trying to get a little bit more aggressive, but, and, you know, guys are targeting him a little bit more too, but I'm just, uh, you know, hoping that he stays level-headed. He's he's been a cool guy so far. He's been kind of showing that, um, acclimating well. But I, as long as he kind of keeps his head to him, I think he'll be able to get over whatever. He's not going through a hump right now, but any kind of goals he's trying to reach, um, I think will be attainable soon if he just kind of keeps his head a little bit more level. Um, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, we're obviously going to be the best basketball team that we can be when KP gets go Like, this formula for the Utah game, they're a very good defensive team, and look at the formula. KP got rolling quickly and early. That allowed Mello a little bit of breathing room. Mello got going. And then all of a sudden we're up by five against a really solid team that a lot of people like to give like the Warriors and a lot of the Western Conference guys trouble this year. So I know that it was Hayward's first game back and all, but he played pretty well, a little bit inefficient, but uh, well overall. But if we could get that formula working early where KPs are, we're looking to go to him first and then let Mello be Olympic Mello. I mean, that formula has kind of worked the last two games. Yeah. Yeah, so, I agree. I mean, um, I think KP's got to be the MVP for this past week. Yeah, Rose is uh, a close second. I'll, I'll give it to Rose. Rose is a close you second. You know what? I, I'm not going to – I'm actually going to give it to neither of your guys. Um, and that's not any offense on you. You know how I feel about you. Um, I'm going – I'm going to give Mello my uh, – he's going to be my guy for this week. And okay. just because of kind of repeating the theme, the word of the day so far – consistency you know I, I might even look at uh courtney lee but really i'm looking at um mellow for this reason because he's still playing the same game he's been playing the last couple of years that includes um you know his transit really since like 2012 um you know the little differences he's put into his game the more willing he's been to pass um and just the staples of his offense and his positioning his footwork and his pacing it's all still there while the rest of the offense is evolving around him. Um, and he's still putting up points. And, you know, every kind of year it becomes a little bit more of a question of when Melo's star will finally fade. And so far it all looks pretty good. He looks consistent and uh, putting up numbers and doing everything he's always done. And for that reason, he's my guy this week. Well, that was good. I should have ended it that way. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of good play this week, though. I think individually, a lot of players started showing that they can do a lot of good things. A lot of starters, we kind of should say. No, I, that's why Rose, especially, is my honorable mention there, because... Yeah, mine as well. I was, I'll give it to him. I, I mean, I, I shit on Rose repeatedly, probably that's daily. That's a quote that we're going <laughs> to... I mean, for it, a while. It, it was, I mean, it was bad. I mean, I, I was vehement about him being trash and, um, obviously still early on and he could still be trash, but the last two games, he was really looking to be a pass first point guard, really get KP involved. I mean, the assist numbers were there and these weren't empty assists either. I mean, he, these were quality. Um, yeah, I, honorable mention. I mean, he, last couple games, he shut me up. Yeah. The only thing that, um, I really, I mean, there, there's a couple other things to take apart, but the one thing that was really standing out to me from um, from Derrick Rose is that it, he was getting the ball to um, to KP especially a lot with like literally one second left on the clock. I know yeah. Rose is kind of known to be a he's a scrappy player and he's trying to get to the rim and he kind of relies on his athleticism a lot, but I, he's been panicking a little bit when that shot clock really winds down. Um, so if I, I'm looking for anything for him to tighten up, uh, this week or over the next couple of games, gotta be, gotta be better under pressure. Cause there's going to be time when you don't score within those first 10 seconds of the shot clock. 
Um, and maybe that comes in running more triangle sets, but we'll find out soon, I hope. Um, so, really, really quick, we got um, ESPN's NBA rank has been going on this week. Um, and they obviously rank the top 200 players in the league. And got a couple of showings this year, a couple of, couple of big showings. Um, just to rattle them off, we had uh, Joakim Noah at 149. Um, we had Courtney Lee at 135. Brandon Jennings at 132. Derek Rose clocked in at 64. Chris Stops um, came in at 33. And Mello right above him at 31. So... Of all those ranks, all those numbers, uh, which which one really stands out to you the most? You know, I, I've kind of long been um, fair with Mellow, I guess. I mean, everybody else, usually the Knicks fans kind of give it a lot of backlash when he gets ranked a little bit too low for their liking. But mm-hmm. I always kind of understand. I mean, offensively he's fell off the last couple of years efficiency wise and defensively he hasn't really been there so it always kind of makes sense because you have to remember that's kind of what we're looking at now is both ends of the ball and uh, overall efficiency and to me it's very fair in that aspect especially when the Knicks aren't winning as many games as we'd like so I always kind of get it but for me what was he 31 I mean that 31 yeah that felt low that's and I'm, low yeah and and for me I'm usually I don't want to say it's like unfairly low, but it's like it's pushing it. It's pushing it. Yeah, it's pushing. I'm, it. I'm not saying that Melo's a top fifteen player anymore. He might no. not be top twenty. That's that's why I th- I'm kind of there. Like I think I have him in the twenties. If I'm being completely honest, I, I don't know where that that would take me some time to kind of sort out. But there's a lot of good players in the league right now. There is, but I mean thirty thirty one sounds yeah. There's a lot of good players in the league right now. There's a lot of um, guys who've been coming up over the last couple of years, finally putting it together. Um, so I understand that you can't rank Melo as high as he would have been a couple of years ago, but 31 is just... That's, a, a Melo, at this point, I feel is better than Kristaps by more than two spots, you know? Well... No, well, I, I I think so. At this point in the season, I'm not saying that's how the season has to end, but I think at this point okay, that, that's in fair. the season, Carmelo Anthony, he's got to be at least at least in the top 25. I, I want to say yes. I, I I think he's probably top 25. 20 to 25. I, I I that's yeah. I think you can absolutely make a case for 20 to 25. I I think it arguing that. He's deserving of thirty is a little bit. You can and don't you know? Don't get me wrong. The the analytic, analytical Twitter can can and probably will certainly argue in the next couple of days that he deserves thirty somehow. And I understand the justification on their end, but to me that's just a little bit too low. I mean, I'd probably argue somewhere closer to twenty five. I, I think yeah, that's the lowest I'd go. Um, in terms of KP though. KP I'm good with. I'm great with KP, but remember, I think I did that second to last preseason game. I had a recap, and I put, um, I put, oh, it's it's good when your best player is rolling right as the season's coming around. And I wrote that about KP, and I think we had a couple of comments to the recap that uh, weren't too happy about that. They're just like, oh, does he know? Does he know Melo wasn't playing tonight? And I was like, (laughs) well, well, yes, I did, sir. I did know that Melo wasn't playing tonight. Um, Just to let you know, guy. Just to let you know, um, yeah, I I kind of, that's the way I felt. I kind of felt like this was going to be, this was going to be that year where KP took that step up. And if he took a big enough step, like if he's averaging 20, which it looks like with the exception of that Houston game where he only scored three points, he'd be averaging well over 20 through the first six games. Mm-hmm. But if, if he's averaging 20 points a game this season and he's doing all, and I'm, I'm fairly certain he's going to reclaim his um, defensive prowess a little bit going forward because he's really lacked in that aspect the first couple of games. It's really not a stretch to say at the end of the year, if he's playing great defense and he's averaging 20 points and he's as efficient as he's been, you kind of don't really have much of an argument for Melo being the best player in this team anymore. Yeah, I I agree with you. I do think that um, Chris Sops will be the one to 
um, to lead the team in scoring this year when all is said and done, but it's not right now. Right, and I, I don't think that Melo because they play such a different game that I don't think there really has to be so much room for competition. I don't even think it has to be that hot of a story of who's better, Melo or Kristaps. They're going to do two totally different things this year for us. But um, but at the, at this point in time, Melo is a better player than Kristaps, and he's a better player than two positions amongst the rest of the NBA. But you know, it's all opinion based. It all depends on who you're looking at, what you're looking at. Now I'll bring yeah. up one more point. Yeah. So maybe we don't have to argue about Chris Stapps or Melo. I argued this point a long time ago when we first got Melo and uh, Amari together. And mm. yeah. And I was begging, begging when we had Mike D'Antoni. I wanted Melo to buy in only if for no other reason so that him and Amari could run pick and rolls together. Because sure. remember, Amari was near MVP levels Dumb, when we first man. got him, okay? I loved Amari Stoudemire, but it's a whole other uh, thing. One of, the, one of these days we'll have a Amari tribute pod because I'm right there with oh, you. Yes. But um, I was always, I, I, I don't know, I was always wondering why we never got a Amari Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony pick and roll because what would you do? What would you do having a prime Amari Stoudemire setting a screen, crashing hard to the basket, and Carmelo's the ball handler, and now we know Carmelo's a sneaky good passer when he wants to be. Yeah, he's a totally. lethal shooter. So if he's coming off the screen and Amari's rolling to the basket, as a defender, what are you going to do? Not much. You, what, no, what, there's not what, what can, can you do? do? There, yeah, so, that's really so, the whole thing. Yeah. So now we have Chris Epps Porzingis, and he's in sort of a more lethal, maybe, I wouldn't say more athletic yet, but he's certainly a longer, better shooting Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, so, he's got he's got facets of uh, what Amare did in this game for sure. So why can't we do the same thing? And I think that's kind of um, starting to happen. Uh, you know, with the whole Melo Kristaps uh, little brotherhood thing they're developing. You know, you see flashes of that. You see Melo really wanted to give it. You know, contribute to him right now. Really, it's on Derrick Rose. I'll tell you uh, to really be the one setting all that up and Brandon Jennings uh, for whenever he's in the game. It's not really, I think I kind of took that, um, took them on so they could get that out of Melo's head a little bit, but it's something that we all want to see. And I think it's just kind of playing basketball. You know, it's when Melo and Amari were in New York, they were both a little bit too egotistical to uh, just play basketball. You know, everything had to fit within their mold. And I think that Melo's kind of let go of that a little bit. And, you know, we'll see kind of where it goes from now. They already have much better on-court chemistry than Melo and Amare ever did. That's a, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Um, predictions for this upcoming week? Predictions for this upcoming week. Um, we got a, three games. We got three games. We got the Nets on Wednesday. Who else we got? Nets. Uh, we're playing the Nets at home. And okay. then we're doing a little uh, back-to-back road trip. We're going to Boston on Friday, sure. Toronto on Saturday. Ooh, ooh, that's a tough end of the week. Um, so I my prediction is Nets are still without Jeremy Lin, right? I think he, I think he, he's got sore, sprained something. Um, I think that they're gonna easily, but maybe not easily, but they'll be able to kind of develop some chemistry and probably get a win in the Brooklyn game. Brooklyn's just, they've got the same record as us right now, but I think that the Knicks have certainly have more talent. So I'll definitely put my hat into that one. Um, Raptors, I think we're going to get blown away. Uh, but the Celtics, there could be a fighting chance. I think the Celtics might be a good, uh, might be a good little, little battle. Probably the same thing as the Bulls game, I'm thinking. Okay. Um, the last time we had a three-game week, uh, I I was very vehement about having an 0-3 week. I thought uh, the wheels were going to fall off quickly, so I'm going to go opposite mm-hmm. here. Not Almost opposite. I'm not going to go 3-0, but I think we're going to have a somewhat confusing slash surprising 2-1 week because this is the Knicks we're talking about. So I think okay. this is what's going to happen. I think we're going to beat the brakes off of the Nets. little yeah. get-right game, okay? We're going to go to Boston who may or may not be with Al Horford at the time because he's still out with this concussion protocol. He missed tonight's game. Oh, yeah, game. that's right, that's right. Okay. 
Um, we're going to lose that game because we're going to lose that game. It's going to be one of those weird fluky games that we're just not going to have it. And then, for no apparent reason, we're going to go to Toronto. And KP's going to have a good game. Everything's going to kind of go well. And we're going to squeeze one out in Toronto. We're going to have a two-in-one week. It's going to be a confusing week because we're going to beat the Nets. But we might be an out. We're going to lose to an Al Horfordless Celtics potentially, and then we're going to go to Toronto and face a full-strength team and win. And I'm just going to chalk it up to an early season fluky kind of a game that no one's going to know what to make of. Okay, Kyle, you are uh, betting much like I am in TKW fantasy, um, kind of playing the wild card, but it might work out. Um, I got like Joe Hill Embiid. I got uh, a bunch of those guys who were just kind of maybe work out. But the process, that's what it's all about, right? That's what we're doing this season, too. The Knicks are going through the process. Yeah, I mean, real, where do we stand in fantasy, by the way? Where is it? Um, I know that you check today? My, I just got beat by my own brother. Um, oh, you got dunked on. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great. The problem, the biggest problem is I've been trying to pry uh, DeMar DeRozan out of his hands all season long. And then, of course, this happens to me. Anyway... Um, Real talk. I beat. I know I beat Bailey, so I'm like I have one win and I have one loss. I don't entirely know how our scoring is working this season, but that's how I'm Apparently, looking. How are you doing? Um, I haven't lost yet, but oh, nice. I've, I've but I've eked by both weeks. Um, I dunked on Ryan this past week, so <laughs> yeah, that's a mound um, victory. Yeah, he's he's still one, I guess, win ahead of me. In terms of overall standings, and uh, we have to ban Trey because he's in first in this league, and I think in his uh, true hoop league, he's also in first. Yeah. So Trey's killing um, it. This, this is Trey Teamer, uh, TKW Twitter handler. Uh, we're talking about here, but he's got like three. He's got like three teams. I, I, I he's got. He's just practicing so hard. He's probably got every player in the league in one way or another, and he's just putting it all out there. Uh, um, I think it's collusion. I, I don't know with who. Yeah. But um, I think I there's know. definitely collusion abound. They say so, something. Uh, yeah, collusion man, we abound. Gotta, yeah, we got to get Trey out of here. All right, that's that sounds good to me. We'll get Trey out of here. But um, okay. But in the meantime, you guys should all go and say hi to Trey, and uh, tweet at the Knicks wall, and send in any questions or anything you want for us to answer on air uh, for next week's episode. And while you're kind of browsing around the timelines, we're going to have some new stuff coming up this week. Um, Matt's got himself, Matt Spendley, one of our writers here, has got himself a piece on uh, KP, everyone's favorite coming up. Um, KP's been good with his low usage and high efficiency. Um, you know, he's had some, he's been falling into foul trouble a little bit, so he hasn't been out there as much as we like, but he's been producing. So, uh, yeah, look out for Matt to come out with a piece about that. And I think we're uh, we're going to try to do a little Twitter mailbag next week. So, like I was saying, tweet at the Knicks wall, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what you got to say on air. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that about wraps us up for tonight. I'm gonna take another bite of this delicious dark chocolate and coconut mound bar here. Delicious. Mm. Mm. So delicious. Sponsor us, please. Yeah, please. All right. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. You have a good one. You too.